You're listening to the Conversations Podcast, brought to you by Cypress Creek Church. We're not that special, and I don't mean that in a mean way, but like your story, somebody else is going through that too. Um, wrestled with anxiety, we've had gone through marriage things, you know, all sorts of stuff that's really human. Mm-hmm. And so even when I think sometimes um, we we get concerned that if we put it out there, we're the only one. Right. And my I think both science and our faith will tell us that that's not true. Welcome to the Conversations Podcast. We have a special episode today sitting down with Tracy Clark, the one and only, and lead pastor Jose Abaroa. Hey, guys. Thank you all for being here. Tracy, you had a great message on Sunday as you got to share some of your resurrection story of what God is doing in your life. I want to start by just first asking kind of what were your thoughts? You shared a little bit, but what were your thoughts when Jose kind of asked you and kind of as you began to prepare and even deliver the message yesterday, kind of what, what was that experience like for you just personally? Yeah. Um, so first of all, it was an answer to very specific prayer. <laughs> so that's what made it amusing at first is um, I was praying with a good friend of mine that we talk every Friday about uh, an opportunity to share what God had been doing in our lives. And um, I thought it was a couple weeks before that, when I shared at um, our community group leaders meeting about what God was doing, and I was like, I texted her after that and was like, Mary, I got the opportunity, like answered <laughs> prayer, add that to like answered prayer side of the chalkboard, you know? And then um, a couple weeks after that, Jose called and asked, and um, I texted her back and was like, but wait, there's more. Um, and so um, I was really honored to have the opportunity and... Um, Really, it ministered to me in so many ways to just take the time to write it out and now have an artifact that Mm. I'll forever be able to come back to and remember God's faithfulness and what he did. And if I'm ever in doubt, (laughs) can return back to it and hear it again and be like, look at all these moments and what he did and how he showed up. Yeah, you did a great job. And I think one of the questions I would have for you is just how did you decide what all to put into that? I think if some people listening, they may be thinking, okay, like, that's, that's intimidating. Let alone, not just standing in front of people and sharing a story, but even just thinking and putting words to what God's been doing in their life. So kind of, I love how it seems so natural as far as what you were sharing and an overflow of your relationship with Christ, but kind of what was that like as far as just putting that down on on paper? Yeah, I um, I started with, it, I think pretty much after I hung up with Jose and after um, talking with Jeff and praying about it for about five minutes, <laughs> I, um, I already knew and felt, you know, that God was directing me in this way because he'd already put it on my heart to be thinking about it and to share it in ways, um, in opportunities with friends and other places. So I think I started with just kind of putting it all out there into a draft, kind of how I do when I'm writing something. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I just was thinking about the times that I felt encouraged and I felt the Lord's presence. And that started to flow together to some of the links to the Ellie Holcomb songs. And I thought about songs that administered and scripture that administered and the connections between those. And um, then Jose had also talked about the verse, um, 1 Corinthians 6.14, that was going to be the kind of core verse and it had this word power in it. Um, and I think that in that first conversation too, he had already recognized the theme of power. Mm-hmm. And so I kept kind of thinking back on that and just how over and over in my life, God has reminded me that I can't do this life in my own strength and my own power. And I've learned that 10 million different ways. And so it was kind of easy then that that theme came through again in such a clear way that there were so many moments I, I really couldn't rely on my power in what we experienced. And so 
that that core theme kind of came through and helped me streamline in addition to the awesome team. So here. many, <laughs> so many God moments, you know, so so many God coincidences. I have quotation marks, you know, in my with my fingers. And I, I'm thinking about this story in Joshua three when the the people of God are finally crossing over into the promised land and they leave those memorial stones. They leave those stones in the middle mm-hmm. of the, the the creek and and something just came to mind when you said, now I have this as an artifact for me. Mm-hmm. And we often, maybe not often, but hopefully we share what God's up to in our lives, but not often do we write things down. Mm -hmm. You were obviously not only a reader, but you were a writer. Was that your handwriting on that note or was that Ellie Holcomb's? Oh, that's Ellie Holcomb's. Okay, because I was gonna say, that's some really good handwriting. (laughs) That was a piece that didn't make it into the the cut with the time, but actually when we got back, the night we got back from the hospital, um, I got that note from Ellie because I had um, written her, I'd made a little video on Instagram and sent it to her (laughs) just partway through the whole journey to just tell her how Find You Here was ministering to me. And at that point, we didn't know anything really. And so she must have written it, you know, at some point between then, but it came to our house the day after um, the hospital or or that night. And so it was pretty cool to see those words written out with her handwriting. Um, You know, so now it's up on my in my office. <laughs> yeah, so they grab these stones and then they put them in 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 the in the in the river. You know, they they keep them there and I think that's a cool physical representation of what God's doing mm-hmm. and we can do that too on a note on our phones or via this yeah. the, these artifacts that you have from Ellie or now this new artifact that you wrote yeah. about your story and when we have those physical symbols or representations we can go back to them and then remember and receive from them as if you know they were current and um, we talked about this on on the phone a couple of times but how often does the theme of forgetfulness happen throughout mm. the, the narrative yeah. of scripture? Mm. How many people, how many times is it the people, they, they know, they just forget. They've been told by God, either through the generations or through something, they, they, they just forget in all, ultimately, you know, the disciples who are seeing the resurrected Christ and the resurrection story. Mm-hmm. And some some even doubted, Thomas doubted, we know that. But um, this forgetful theme is so alive in us and, so I just appreciated all the little artifacts that you had in your story. Yeah. And uh, they challenged me because I haven't been writing much personally for me. And mm-hmm. so um, I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna do that. Yeah. Y'all, yeah. y'all keep me accountable. <laughs> I love how just throughout your, your uh, just genuine realness when you express kind of just everything you're going through with Jeff and just both of y'all, how, uh, again, looking back at the way that God was faithful, but even just, I think a commonality I saw between both you and Blake's story, as far as just taking things like, like knowledge in the head and really bringing it to the heart and just wrestling with that and being real with God. And so uh, maybe other than just looking back at ways God has worked, what, what was that experience like for you as far as where did you turn, what either people or resources, ways in which you kind of took, again, these kind of uh, church concepts that we are read about in the Bible and like really actually make it yeah. to where it was it was actually meaningful. Yeah, I think one of the ways that first came to me, it's interesting, like in that moment w- where you turn and um, part of the story that I shared was that first night, the initial news, like that this is a tumor and we don't know much more than that. And that's kind of scary. Um I went to the stories of God's faithfulness. So I I spoke to myself what I felt like I needed to hear. And I only had that in my soul already because God had already been faithful so many times. And so I was just 
kind of doing what I see happen like David does in the Psalms. He speaks mm -hmm. back and cries out to the Lord and there's no right or wrong way to do that. It's just, you know, yeah. I was crying when I was, you know, praying out loud and um, I just really kind of tangibly remember the, what came to mind and to my heart were those other moments where I, you know, I without a doubt know that those moments were God's faithfulness in my past. And so I was proclaiming them back to God and myself to say, you promise us this. I've seen it happen here, but I'm scared now. And so please show up. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and and he really did and really did give that peace that, that now I can recognize as distinct from anything that I can conjure up myself. It's not a like, um, it's just a nice sunny day outside, and so I feel a general peace. <laughs> it's like something that doesn't make sense, and that's that unexpected places um, that we talked about. Mm, yeah, that's so good. That's so good. I'd love to hear your thoughts and both of y'all's thoughts on this as far as someone that maybe uh, when it comes to sharing their story, maybe just not even to a whole group of over a thousand people like you did yesterday, but just even with either a community group or a friend, uh, that might seem intimidating in of itself as just far as like putting words to, maybe they feel like God isn't doing anything in their life right now or nothing worth writing about. What would you say or how would you encourage someone that's just uh, at that place where they may feel an urge to share their story, but aren't sure what that looks looks like or what what that kind of, um, yeah, what yeah. that looks like. One of my thoughts is like whenever you feel that like urge, sometimes like the, the still small voice or things like that, like acting on it, I'm always blessed when I act on it. There's been times in my life where I've felt that and I didn't. Mm -hmm. And there's been other times when I did. And sometimes it's maybe out of fear that holds us back from that. But um, I think anytime I've said, yes, I've been blessed. I was so blessed mm -hmm. and encouraged um, and woke up with such a peace this morning, um, just thinking about what God has been doing, is doing, and will do, and just what I see in Wimberley and in CCC and in all the conversations I got to have afterwards. And so I think um, it's following that instinct. And then um, and then maybe also just we're, we're not that special, and I don't mean that in a mean way, but like your story, somebody else is going through that too. Um, I've wrestled with anxiety. We've had gone through marriage things, you know, all sorts of stuff that's really human. Mm -hmm. And so, even when I think sometimes um, we we get concerned that if we put it out there, we're the only one. Right. And my, I think both science and our faith will tell us that that's not true. Um, that um, many other people wrestle with the same things, and that's part of the human condition. And so, putting it out there, I think allows other people to benefit from what God has already brought you through. And so it kind of also gives that like purpose in the pain or purpose in what you've been through to then see God not only restore that actual situation, but then go on to use it in ministry to others. Like that's really powerful to me to see that full arc of me getting to the other side of it, but then me being able to share with somebody else who's wrestling with it to be like, I know, I really understand this pain and I've been there. And we have a God who's faithful to bring you through. So there's something about that kind of like cycle, if that's a cycle. It totally <laughs> is. First Corinthians 1 comes to mind when he says, uh, God comforts those so that we can comfort others. Yeah. So that's the order. Um, God comforts us in the middle of our trials, but not only does he want to work in us, he wants to work through us. So he's teaching us something. It's the only way I can answer the question uh, or, you know, that I've been able to, to uh, reason with the question, why do 
bad things happen to good people. Yeah. The only answer to that question that I've been able to come up with is so that we can help others that have yeah. gone through those same very things and say, hey, I know of a God who gives us mm-hmm. peace that transcends all understanding. And um, I also think about um, you know a good place to start when sharing our stories is start with the little things. Mm-hmm. Uh, start looking back at your life or, or in your season right now and think, God, where are you? Where have you shown up in in a way that only you can. What things can't I explain? Start there and then watch watch your faith grow and watch that list grow as well. I think about Matthew 6 when Jesus says, don't be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink or about your body. Uh, And then he says, look at the birds of the air. (laughs) They neither sow nor reap nor gather in a barn. So I've been doing this for for, for a study and, and, you know, you can't, hear birds that well inside, but you can hear birds well outside. So you gotta stop working outside and actually pay attention to what's going on around. And a bird is a very small thing. And so it's it's in the little things where God shows up and he reminds us not only that he's with you, he's gonna provide for us, he's gonna come through, he's he's in the business of raising something in us. And uh, yeah, that that just grows with time. And it's something deeply personal that then when you do what you did, Tracy, you, you, you share it, um, then you realize, wow, I'm, I'm not the only one. Mm-hmm. So there's nothing more rewarding than um, that feeling. Well, and it's cool too, because it's not just that you're not the only one, but God doesn't want us to go through things alone. And I think that's something I loved about your story that you shared, just being able to rely on community and just the church and you and Jeff leading a community group amongst serving and just investing in so many people. Um, I, I wanna kind of ask a question related to that because community sounds great in this moment, like, oh, a lifesaver, like they're around a support network, but community is also hard. And it's not just something that, especially in times of struggle, I feel like it's even harder sometimes based on just all dynamics involved. So I feel like you and Jeff have weathered a lot of those kind of things over the last few <laughs> years and your whole life, I'm sure. So what are maybe some just even um, encouragement, words of encouragement you would have for someone that's maybe just wrestling with that too, where maybe they, they don't want to be alone, but they may also not want to be around people or they don't want to be vulnerable or they don't want to open up the way that, that y'all have. Yeah. I think one thing that I learned helps me respond in a different way now to people in need. And it's that um, for both Jeff and I, I think it's pretty hard for us to ask for help. Like we're used to kind of being the leader or, you know, being involved in just for whatever reason, we end up in those roles. And so to then be the ones in need pretty early on in starting kind of a new um, round of community group with new families and things like that, it was kind of hard to be like two weeks in with some people and then be like, and we have a life-changing health issue that we're going to have to wrestle with. Um, But... I think what kept being on my heart was to really ask for specific things when we could clearly identify some of those um, and then just put it out there, um, not only to our community group, but what I like to call our extended community group, which is many um, people at CCC and in my work group and things like that. And it was really cool to watch who showed up that was maybe even unexpected and new relationships form because you really remember the people that are there. There's a particular work colleague that came to the hospital three times um, because she lived close and because she had been through things and she was like, I'm not accepting your everything's fine answer. I'm bringing you an almond latte and tomorrow I'm bringing you, you know, this and that. And so um, she brought her dog for um, support, you know, a little (laughs) dog treat um, to go pet Tito. So um, they're just really cool opportunities there. So now I think that has changed my perspective when somebody is sharing something that's going on. I don't, it's it's still hard to navigate because when somebody says it's fine, it's hard to be like, well, no, I'm showing up. But I think sometimes just showing up with something um, 
is is really meaningful and what we're called to do, um, especially when it's on our heart. And we may not know that somebody really is in need of that. Yeah, yeah and we live in a, in a culture right now where we're more connected than ever before. So it's easier to text somebody, it's easier to have a conversation uh, with, with someone over the phone or even check on social media and see how somebody is, right? Uh, whereas before, I mean, I'm not even talking about a long time ago, just 15 years ago, in order to communicate with someone, maybe a phone call, but really it was showing up at their doorstep or meeting up in a place. And that was where human connection happened. And so I think now, because we have all of these other forms of communication that are more shallow, that's where moving in physically um, is, is, is more needed now than ever, because we're so you know connected in a shallow sense, but that, that physical presence, I mean, Jesus said it. We all know this. If we've been in church for more than two days where two or more are gathered, there I am. There's power in numbers and in confirming that, you know, uh, uh, when, when you gather around a person or something, there's, there's power there. So uh, moving in is huge. And I would ask the question, you know, if, if you're listening and wondering if this is easy or hard, who, who, who in, 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 in your life do you have that's moved in? And, and if that, that's an answer that you're like, you know, I don't have many people, then this is an even harder question. Who in your life can you move in right now? And it may not be a hospital situation, but it may be someone that shared with you how they're doing and, and they may not be doing that well. Well, what is a coffee date or a lunch date or, you know, just showing up uh, with an almond latte or something yeah. like that. <laughs> yeah, and um, something that just came to me that I might add is that don't assume that people have people because even if there are a lot of people around them, they may not be the people that are equipped for this situation or that or just geographically aren't mm-hmm. close to wherever your need is. So sometimes I make the mistake of like assuming that person seems really well like loved yeah. and connected. And that doesn't mean that they don't still need something or may not appreciate your presence. Yeah, so good. That is really good. One of the other things I loved about uh, your story and just the message you gave was uh, weaving in kind of your intellectual honesty and just exploration in all of this. And I, I we actually have a question uh, we have on the guide, a, a place where you can submit a question. And Terry Brushaver asked a question asking, uh, how was your exposure to Christian science at an early age impact the way that you see God? <laughs> So I don't know how much time you want to end with that, but she she was very (laughs) eager to answer to ask that question. How does my exposure to Christian Science? um, I think that I was exposed early to the stories of the Bible through Christian Science, and so I had a general understanding that there was a Father God. The piece that is distinct in Christian Science is the role of Jesus, Mm -hmm. which is pretty key. Um, and so, <laughs> which is normally um, the case right, with, with right. other, you know, religions that, you know, Jehovah's witness, you right. have um, the, the, the uh, Mormon church, you have pieces, but Jesus is the right. Changer. So I think that was there. And I even, I, I mean, I recall a, a general understanding, but it wasn't until, um, you know, really being immersed in the Christian church, um, when when my parents got divorced, I started going to my dad's church. It was a Presbyterian church at the time, and um, and so I it, it was more of this understanding of my relationship with God the Father and Jesus's role in the Trinity that I think shifted there. But I think the general some of the foundation of stories was there. That's good. Yeah, that's yeah. really good. That's really good. Yeah, no, I think just as we 
Go ahead. I want to. I want to just add <laughs> one thing. I don't want to. I know that was that's that's a whammy. Uh, but one of the things because we talked about this with Blake too on uh, religion. So Blake shared his his experience with uh, going to church and then you know doing the whole thing where he raised his hands and and you know for a lot of us that that was our religious upbringing. You know, for me, it was growing up in the Catholic Church. For him, you know, having that Baptist Church for you, Christian Science. Religion is man-made stuff. So when you get a taste of the real thing, meaning a personal relationship with Jesus, you're, you're, you're welcoming Jesus into your mind, you're thinking about God, you're personally going there, not because your parents did, you're, whatever. And then you're surrounded by a group of people who also claim to, to know and, and follow Jesus and uh, surround you with this power mm-hmm. that, commun- that, the, that the body of Christ is supposed to bring you, the support, this care, this comfort, this encouragement, also the, this, this compelling you to go, uh, grow outside of your comfort zone, that's, that's, when, that's when it gets real. Yeah. And it's really simple. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the Holy Spirit at work through His church, but we love to try to figure all these things out and, and, and have this really well-planned you know, thing out. And, and that's, I fear, when, when religion really takes over. We start uh, concerned, uh, worried, looking at the do, what am I doing versus who is God? Who does he mm-hmm. say I am? And how am I responding to his love? Yeah, that makes me think about um, I, one of the things that was kind of strange to me coming from Christian science and then the, into Christianity, I like didn't get the different denominations because I'm like, right. I, like it's Jesus as Lord and this is the gospel. And so I didn't really under, understand pieces of that. And now kind of coming full circle and seeing and understanding things differently, I think about like Jenny Allen recently was talking to some of um, the, a pastor in the Middle East that's seeing all of this mm. amazing um, growth and, and and followers of Christ, you know, coming through dreams and all sorts of stuff. And, and it's just basically like, like not, we're not worried about the denominations yeah. here. We're all just worried about following the gospel message. Yeah. And so that was just something I've been thinking about is mm-hmm. we get kind of caught up in those different pieces of it. Yeah, that's so good. Okay, last question. Oh, you're good, you're good. Uh, one more question here is just thinking about someone that may have been in the room yesterday hearing your message and saying, okay, I wanna take the next step. I wanna surrender my life to Jesus and beginning this journey that we're all on as far as following and being more like Christ. What would be maybe some resources or just uh, things in your own walk and your own life that you have seen beneficial that you would just wanna encourage someone with? I'd love to ask both of y'all that as we close. Oh man, I've read a lot of stuff since then. One of the very first things that I read was actually purpose-driven life. Mm-hmm. Um, that was meaningful to me. This idea that we're not home yet made a lot more sense of to me at that time in a lot of angst of high school years with parents getting divorced and whatnot. Um, that that just clicked for me. And so that was something I read early on. But then since then, a lot of the C.S. Lewis stuff, I'm really enjoying Ellie Holcomb's Fighting Words um, <laughs> that that came in the midst of all of this and just her very clear, um, just raw gospel message. Like she just doesn't beat around the bush. She, yeah. And she shares very real stories. So that's been really um, meaningful. And then I'd say just like get in the community with other people mm. that are at different places in their walk that can walk alongside you because we aren't made to do this alone. And um, I came to Christ a little bit later in high school instead of, you know, early. Um, and then I had an opportunity 
to just be in different communities. I went to the University of Richmond in Virginia. I started off there and there weren't a lot of other believers at the time, but I got involved in Fellowship of Christian Athletes because I played lacrosse there. And there, so that was a small community. And then I transferred to AM and went to Breakaway <laughs> with like thousands of other believers and was like, oh my goodness, there's all these people around that are singing the same songs. And so maybe just finding where those people are to point you towards resources and just have somewhere where you can really ask your real questions. I think that was something too, going back to like my youth group that brought me to Christ was like, they weren't, you know, negative about Christian science. They just listened to my real life and my real problems and met me there without judgment, but um, were willing for me to ask questions that they maybe didn't know the answers to that they had to figure out, you know? <laughs> Curiosity is so huge and finding a place that, that or finding a person that maybe is a few steps ahead of you that will help you mm-hmm. um, get to those answers. Again, if you're curious, God, you know, says, if you seek, you will find. Uh, knock in, the door will be open. Mm-hmm. So he, 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 he wants us to thirst and hunger for Righteousness. I love that you said C.S. Lewis because that was that was mine. So I read Mere Christianity at at eighteen, and that's what changed my life, which was a very broad picture mm-hmm. of of Christianity. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to get into the book because <laughs> it's it's a doozy, but it's so uh, essential. It's the practicals, and and that's what God used alongside same as you, Tracy, just a, a community that was here mm-hmm. through Crosstalk, and um, I'm so grateful uh, for that and. Um, I'm grateful for you and thankful that you were bold enough and uh, vulnerable to share your story. Really, really can't wait to see how God continues to bear fruit from what you shared with us yesterday. All right. Hey, thanks everybody for listening to the Conversations podcast. If you have any questions that you want us to answer on the podcast, you can email us conversations at cypresscreekchurch.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe and share the podcast. Thanks for being here again, everybody. It was awesome. That's it for this version of the podcast. We will see you guys next time.